Welcome to Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle, the only podcast where you'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made more money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more, go to writeyourbookinaflash.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 100 of Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle. And on this auspicious occasion, I'm going to interview me. I'm going to be my special guest and share with you some of the lessons that I've learned from interviewing 100 people over the last year and a half. So sit back and rev up your engines. We're going to have a lot of fun today. So I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be some of my best takeaways from all these sessions and also some good ideas about what I've learned from developmental editing and how I've helped my clients and how I might be able to help you in the future or point out other ideas that very well are issues that you have in your view. So as I ask every one of my interviews to tell them a little bit about myself, I'm going to share my signature story with you and pay particular attention because there are some really good ideas here that you can use when you create your signature story. Okay. I was a pretty well-known PR guy, just like you were probably pretty well-known in your industry too. But, you know, I had done PR for Commodore and K-Pro back when they were synonymous with the word computer. I introduced the CD-ROM industry. And I wrote one of the first books about marketing on the internet, you know, uh, so I was pretty well known. And you'd think that it would be very easy for me to get clients every time I went to a trade show uh, for prospecting. And I'm sure you feel the same way. You'd probably go to networking sessions and say, hey, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a dentist, I'm an accountant, I have degrees, I'm in the president's club. And yet you don't sign those people. And I found the same issue. You know, I'd go to those sessions and I'd lead a panel or I'd be on a panel or I'd teach something or do a do an address and uh, speak. And at the end of the session, people come up to me and they'd say, hey, we want you to do our PR. And I'd say, oh, great. That's fantastic. When can we get started? And they'd say, oh, well, you know, we want to see a proposal first. I thought, oh, okay, great. Uh, that's the way it's done. I'll write a proposal and I'll spend maybe 10, 20 hours thinking of really great ideas for you and uh, really top-notch things. And I'll do more research so I understand your company and your problems better. And I'll send you a report that's going to make me sound so much better than anyone else you're talking to. And frankly, that was the problem. They were talking to other people because no matter how good I was, there were other people who had all gone to good schools, all had great testimonials, all done things were frankly comparable to me, even though I had done some pretty amazing things, they had done amazing things too. And isn't that the same in your industry? Even though you have your degrees and your uh, special designations and your awards, there are still other people who have those same awards. And that was a the problem. They saw me and they see you as a commodity. So I thought, how am I going to stand out from the crowd? And I said, well, you know, if you write a book, then you're seen as an authority. And none of my other competitors had written a book. So I thought, if I write a book, that might help me stand out. 
So I wrote a book called How to Publicize High-Tech Products and Services. And it was an easy book for me to write because I knew all the information, just like you know all the information in your industry too. It's just a matter of sitting down and letting it all flow from your head, through your fingers, onto the computer, and onto those electrons, and out through your printer, and bingo, you have a book. So there you go. Uh, So I wrote a book called How to Publicize High-Tech Products and Services. And I went to the next meeting of the Software Publishers Convention, and I led a panel or I did a training session or something. And at the end of the session, people came up to me and they said, hey, we'd like you to do our PR. And I said, oh, do you want me to write a proposal? And they said, no, you wrote the book. We, we know you know what you're doing. When can you get started? And that's when I realized that a book can make all the difference. Because that book led me to get more clients, more fun clients, more clients who respected me and my boundaries and my service and my contributions. They also paid me more because I could raise my rates because I was the guy who wrote the book. So that was a lot of fun, too. And that book led to other books, because when I went to traditional publishers like John Wiley, they looked at my book and said, "Okay." We know you can write a book. We know you can finish a book because lots of people say they can write a book. Not many people can finish a book. So when I finished the book, they knew that I had the technical skills and the ability to bring the book home to market, which is what was really important for them. So that book led to like six books. It led to me writing one of the first books about marketing on the internet back in 1995. That book led to more clients. It led to speaking engagements around the world, literally from Beijing to Budapest, all across Canada, the United States, even Mexico and Rio de Janeiro. It led to me teaching the first internet marketing course at Berkeley in their extension division. That's their adult ed, you know, professional division, and also an internet branding course at Stanford. So one book really changed my life. And if you write a book, chances are it's going to change your life too. So that's my signature story. And the key elements of the signature story is that you get to know, like, and trust the person. And also you see that pivotal moment that turned them from mess to success. That should be in your signature story as well. So a signature story is not your bio. It's not reading your resume. It's not... uh, telling everyone about what happened in third grade and then fourth grade and then fifth grade. No, it's the defining moment in your life that made you realize what you can contribute to the world and realize your superpower on how you can help people. That's your signature story. I hope that helps you. Cool. Great. Now, what are some of the lessons I've learned in doing 99 of these podcasts? Well, first of all, I met a lot of super, super people just like you. They're speakers, coaches, trainers, consultants, business owners, professionals like lawyers and doctors and accountants and financial planners, Uh, people just like you who said, I need to stand out by writing a book and a book is going to help me reach the next level. So uh, there are a couple of key points I want to raise here. Number one, a book helps you get focused 
Mary Kelly told me that when she writes a book, her ideas become clearer and crisper. And the more time she rewrites, the clearer it, it gets. So that might happen to you. You start writing your outline and you think of 10 things and you think of 10 more things and you think of 10 more things. And then you work on that and say, what are the 10 things that people really need to know about? What can I toss out? Because I have too much material. People don't want to read the entire encyclopedia about my topic. They want to know how to solve their problems. So what are the biggest problems that we need to solve? And what is what are the case studies and the stories and the anecdotes and the research reports and other materials that provide illustrations and examples that would help people figure out how to solve their problems? These help you get focused. That's really important. Another reason for writing the book and another great thing that I learned was uh, that the book helps you explain your process. So when I interviewed Alexandra Watkins, who is a naming expert, she actually named the Baconator and many other products you've probably heard of. Well, she has a system called SMILE, S-M-I-L-E. It stands for the five steps in her process. And if you like her process, you'll want to work with her. It's a way of weeding out the people who she doesn't want to work with or who don't buy into her system. And it's a way of attracting the people who say, yeah, I want to name a product that puts a smile on people's faces. So one of her products is called Spoon Me. That's a yogurt company in Utah. So instead of calling it, you know, the yogurt company, it's like spoon me, puts a smile on your face. The other day I saw another one of her products at the checkout line at my supermarket. It was called Kiss My Face and it's a face cream. Now you can have a face cream called a lot of things, but what is the result of having a face cream? What do you want people to do if you have a face cream? You want people to kiss my face. So I thought that was really, really cool. So you're saying, well, isn't that obvious? Wouldn't everyone want to work with Alexandra? Well, no, not everyone. Because if you look at the drug companies, what are the drugs called? They look like, the first of all, they're unpronounceable. I'm, I'm barely lucky that I can even pronounce things like Propecia or Xylanex or uh, other things like that. They look like they're words out of an ancient Greek tablet, sort of like, you know, Caesar carrying them you know, through the halls of the forum or Greek or Roman words with, you know, Latin-based words and Greek-based words that are impossible to pronounce and impossible to spell. Well, that's who she does not want. She doesn't want to attract those people. And frankly, they don't want to work with her either. So when people read her book, they're going to say, I get her, she gets me, let's get started. Or they're going to say, she's not for us. So it saves her a lot of time. So your book can also save you a lot of time in attracting the kind of prospects that you want to work with and repel the ones who you do not want to work with. So that was actually a process that we used with one of my clients who I helped uh, uh, ghostwrite his book. Uh, he's a financial planner and he wanted to attract people who basically wanted to take a long-term investing approach uh, and you know, you know, invest the money wisely, review it with the client a couple of times a year, and then you're done. He did not want to work with the day traders, people who would call him up five times a day and say, buy me Apple, sell me Apple, buy me Apple, sell me Apple. That's way, 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 way too much work. Now, granted, there are some financial planners who like to work that way. More power to you. That's perfectly fine. But that's not who he wanted as his clients. So he wrote a book focusing on retirement planning. So that would get people into the frame of mind that you're going to be investing money with me for the next 30, 40 years of your life. We're going to get to know each other and you're going to get to know, like, and trust me. And we're going to do great things together. So isn't that wonderful? So that's another way to write a book. It's another reason for writing a book. Um, 
some people are saying when they when they come to my sessions and my seminars or they they book time with me to see if we can work together they say you know but i'm not a writer you know in fifth grade i got this this fifth grade teacher put all these red marks on my paper and i realize i'm just not a writer or i have dyslexia or i have some other kind of impediment that merely means that i cannot write so it's either internal they don't have the confidence or there are some limiting physical factors about that and when i spoke to joanna martinez I got the biggest laugh of the, of the entire 100 episodes that I did. She said, I wrote my book by dictating it while being stuck in traffic on the New Jersey Turnpike. And I thought that was fantastic. I thought that was the most inventive thing I had heard, because what better way to use your time than to write your book? Because a lot of people say, I know you can say you can write your book with 15 minutes a day, but I don't have 15 minutes a day. Well, if you're stuck in traffic for 15 minutes a day, you could do like Joanna and write your book by dictating your book. So you dictate your book on your iPhone, you send that to a transcription service or transcription software, then you hire an editor to clean it up, and then you have your book. So that was the other amazing thing that I've learned about uh, working with people, these 99, 100 people on my 100 episodes, is that many people have, are not starting from square one. You might have articles that you've written, blog posts you've written, transcripts from talks you've done, or you've done talks, but you don't have transcripts. You can turn those into transcripts. You might have a TED Talk. You might have presentations, webinars, Zoominars, whatever. You have lots and lots of content that could easily be turned into a book. And several people I interviewed on my podcast took those blog posts, cleaned them up a little bit, put them into sections, and published them as a book. And that's, that's the key here. You can easily have a book. You probably have a book inside you, and now you can get it out of you and take all that content and put it into focus for you. The best quote I ever heard on my podcast came from Jim Kerr. He said he uses his book when he, cl- when he closes his deals and he puts his book on the desk and he looks at his client or his prospect and he says, do you want to hire the guy who read the book or do you want to hire the guy who wrote the book? And I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So uh, feel free to use that as well <laughs> when you've written your book. Now, I've worked with a number of people as their developmental editor and book coach, and people wonder what that is. You know, how do we work together? What actual services do you provide? Because I know you do ghostwriting, Dan, but uh, I don't need a ghostwriter. I want to write my own book. How can you help me? Well, I've worked with a number of people who want to write their own books as well, and they needed me for support in a number of ways. Uh, For example, one of my clients is a former NFL football player who's writing a book that helps student athletes cope in the real world. And he had his outline done. It was a very good outline. And we were talking about his book every week. And I basically interview him and say, well, okay, you're writing a chapter about uh, alignment. Tell me a story about alignment. You know, what does alignment mean? Um, Tell me a story about it. Tell me about a time when you were out of alignment and how you got into alignment. Tell me a story about how you coached a, a student who was out of alignment and the steps they took to get them into alignment. And that helped him get focused because he didn't know that process before. So I added real value there. And then I said, what kind of coaching questions would you ask? What, what questions do you ask your, your clients? And let's put those in the book as well. So I added a lot of value there. And then we got to another session about... Um, assessments. 
And he had not heard of the wheel of life. You know, he's a football player. He didn't know all these coaching tools that you and I may know. And you may not have heard of the wheel of life either. Anyway, it's a very common coaching tool. So I told him about that. He said, hey, that'll be really good. I should put that into my book. And he did. We also had a conversation where he said, you know, I wish students would take more advantage of the career placement office. I said, oh, what's that? He said, oh, that's the office where students can go and find out uh, about jobs and careers and see who was hiring student athletes. I said, oh, that, that's really worthwhile. He said, yeah, it's a great service. I said, but I remember seeing that in your outline. Why isn't that in your book? He said, oh, oops. So now it's part of his book. That's what happens when you talk to your developmental editor. They find things that you just don't see. You know, you've heard the expression, you can't see the forest for the trees. Well, that's the situation there. Sometimes an outside person can see things that you don't see. I was working with another gentleman who owns a multi-million dollar HVAC business, that's heating, ventilating, air conditioning. He wanted to be a coach for other HVAC owners and teach them how to rate, how to improve their businesses because HVAC people are really good on the technical and scientific side of things, really good engineers, but they're not the best business people. They don't know how to hire, train, fire, collect <laughs> on their debts and uh, what, what people owe them and stuff like that. So he wanted to coach those people. And he had a number of good stories in his book, but he had some stories that didn't prove the points that he thought he was making. And I said, you know, here's a good story, but it's really about trust and integrity. And you have it in a different section about something else. I said, oh, okay. So we just move the book, move that, uh, that, that story rather into another part in the book. So that's where an outside set of eyes can come in and give you a bit better ideas of what to do. Um, the last story I'll tell involves another client of mine. Uh, Candy was writing a book about how improv can improve communications in uh, emergency rooms and hospitals. She was a nurse and she was also an improv person. And she thought these techniques would really help people. So she had a section in her book where she had a, uh, a dialogue, you know, sample dialogue of a conversation that just went off the rails. You know, doctor said something, nurse said something else. Doctor said something, nurse said, but you should really try this because I just read about this in the journal. And the doctor said, well, I went to medical school, blah, blah. Anyway, off the rails. So she had an improv technique that she said, if only they had used this improv technique, then the conversation would have gone much better. And then she went on to the next chapter. And I said, Candy, wouldn't it be a good idea to have another sample dialogue showing where the conversation was going and then insert that technique and see how that changed the conversation and have that actual dialogue? And she said, that's a great idea. <laughs> and bingo. So she wrote that. Again, some people are too close to their topic and they don't see what's missing. Now, I was a former newspaper reporter and business newspaper editor. I'm trained to see what's missing. I see when people bury their lead. I see when people have their signature story in chapter three in the book. We say, let's move this to chapter one. Let's really polish this up. Let's, you have a nugget of gold here and you're burying it. So those are the kinds of ways that I've helped people write their books. And it's a lot of fun. I get a lot of enjoyment from it and people get a lot of enjoyment and satisfaction as well because they know their book is that much better. And I've worked with people 
at every stage of the process. So no matter where you are in the publishing process or the writing process, I can help. If you just have a bunch of ideas and you don't know where to get started, I have a program that can help you get focused, get your outline and get you off and get running. If you have a first draft already written, but it's been sitting there in your desk for a couple of weeks or months or years because you don't know what to do next, I can review that man, that first draft for you and show you how to improve it. And then you can go off and improve it with my ideas, or we can enter into a longer relationship and I can actually look over your shoulder and help you uh, figure out uh, the, the next steps there. Some of you may also have a first draft done and a manuscript done, and you're saying, okay, how do I get this published? Well, I know people who I can refer you to who can help you through the entire production process of the publishing business. I also know people who do marketing and advertising and publicity, proofreading, copy editing, layout, design, all those other things. And I can refer you to people who can help you. And finally, some of you are saying, gee, Dan, I know you focus on business books and how-to books and some self-help books, but I'm writing a memoir or I'm writing a health book or I'm writing a quantum book. Um, And you may not be the right person for that. And I'd say, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't do that. It's not in my wheelhouse. I don't add any expertise there. I do leadership, communications, marketing, strategy, negotiations, uh, financial planning, things like that, and a few other topics as well. But I know lots of people. I can refer you to people who can help you because writing is not a solitary business. It should not be a solitary business. We don't do our bookkeeping ourselves. We hire a bookkeeper, right? There's no shame in hiring an accountant or a bookkeeper to take care of our Quicken files or do our taxes, right? There's no shame in writing a book with someone else. In fact, I interviewed Ken Blanchard once, Ken Blanchard, the author of the one minute uh, uh, manager and the author of Who Moved My Cheese and the author of 70 other books. Each of those books was written with a co-author. And I asked him, why did you write books with co-authors? After all, you're a smart guy. You could have done it yourself. And he said, I learn so much when I work with other people. So that is my final thought for you as we end episode number 100 of Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle. If you'd like to work with me in any capacity as your book coach, your developmental editor, or your ghostwriter, or if you need referrals to people who can help you, please send an email to me at dan at prleads.com. That's dan at prleads.com. Or you can go to my website, writeyourbookinaflash.com and see lots of free resources that will help you get to the next level to finish your book. So thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure being here. And I look forward to the next 100 episodes of Write Your Book in a Flash with Dan Janelle and with you. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Write Your Book in a Flash podcast with Dan Janelle, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. If you're ready to take your next step to write the book that can transform your business, I invite you to schedule a free, no-obligation consulting call with me by going to writeyourbookinaflash.com. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.